0: back to another episode of the Broncos Avenue Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Amir, with my co-host to my right, J-Mac. And down below, we have Jordan Lopez on today's show to talk about what Nathaniel Hackett recently said on an, uh, a podcast with Peter Schrager of NFL Network and what he had to say about his time during uh, his tenure with the Denver Broncos as a head coach. Um, so de- definitely some interesting wording he used. and We're going to kind of dish off some thoughts about that. Um, and then later on the episode, we'll talk about Russell Wilson's uh, reported uh, perfect training or perfect mini camp practice, as well as some, we got some news this morning about Broncos training camp and the official uh, dates. And there's some new rules that are coming into effect. We're going to talk about that and kind of give our thoughts on that as well. Towards the end of the episode, make sure you guys stick with us. And before we go ahead and kick off things, make sure you guys are liking this uh, video. If you're listening on YouTube, make sure you guys are subscribed as well and follow leaving a, uh, a five-star rating on Spotify and that podcast. you guys are listening over there with that being, Said uh, J. Mac Jordan. It's great to be back on the show. How are you guys doing today?
1: Doing good, man. Um Just ready to get into it. But I've been good, man.
2: Doing good. Now training camp is uh, we finally got the dates. So I'm making my plans. I'm getting ready.
0: That's awesome, man! It's awesome. Um, looking forward to seeing. Uh, you know, if I do make it out there, I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, you guys out there. Um, that would be uh, definitely a blast for all the fans and all that. Um, so first, let's go ahead and start off with Austin Daniel Hackett stuff. So obviously, for those of you guys that follow my work on Predominantly Orange, I wrote an article about this and um some really interesting stuff about what he had to say in that interview. I thought it was a um definitely right towards the middle. He's he was getting asked a little bit more about his uh, tenure with the Broncos. Um, obviously things didn't go the way he wanted to go, and just kind of like thinking about all the stuff on there um i was like man this would be like just going towards the end of the article this is a really good topic of discussion because you can really approach it from two different angles as how he really went about addressing his time in denver whether it was a respectful way or whether it was a way of kind of you know i want to say excusing um you know his his failures and mishaps and whatnot but um i'll go ahead and read off the quote right here uh for all the fans and then you guys um kind of give your your thoughts on this it's really interesting way to put things he's says um, Peter Schrager just asked him straight up like how his time was in Denver um, and just the roller coaster of experience his first year being a head coach um, and what he was able to learn from the experience. And what Hackett had to say was in the end, you've got to win. That's what it's all about. Whether you're a coach or a player, you've got to win. And we didn't win enough referring to the Broncos. Um, I look back and there were so many things that I learned from my time in Denver. I think it was a great experience. You never know what it's like until you're in that chair, and it was an honor to be in that chair, even though it was a limited time. You can continually take all the things that you went through and the things you could potentially do better. As a coach, we question everything every second. We always want to try to make ourselves better, and I think there are a lot of things that are going to make me better. I think everything happens for a reason, and to be able to have an opportunity with the New York Jets and be back with Aaron Rodgers, that's unbelievable. J-Mac, what do you think about
1: this? It was a whole bunch of crap. It was a great experience. Yeah, you got you got fired after Christmas after getting blown out by, by by Baker Mayfield and the Rams. I mean, it was a disaster. I'm not gonna sit here. I mean, that's. I mean, yeah, you could talk about maybe it was a good opportunity that you got hired from a good organization, but I mean, let's be serious. It was a great experience. People got cut. We lost. We were in embarrassment. We were averaging single did like were we were averaging. I can't even remember. It was like was it 13, 12 points a game or some crap? 11 points per we- game.
0: When Hackett was calling plays, it was 15.1 points per game.
1: Yeah, averaging the least amount of points in franchise history. I mean, you got fired because Baker Mayfield looked looked like a Hall of Famer against you. And I can just keep going off for all the stuff that Nathaniel Hackett did during last season. It was not a great experience. He's just being delusional. And I'm Peter Schrager, I never had a problem with Peter Schrager um before he said that crap. One of the greatest offensive minds in football. Really? <laughs> Really?
0: Yeah, he he seriously started off the podcast. I was like, yeah, I have uh, one of my friends on here today. Uh, I consider him to be one of the best offensive minds in the entire game of football. And right there, I just paused the video. I'm like, wait, is this real? Like, he actually seriously said that about Nathaniel Hackett after what he just showed being the play caller with the Broncos. That's crazy.
1: I'm not surprised. I mean, he's going to say what he's got to do for his show. But let's be serious. Nathaniel Hackett is probably one of the worst offensive minds in the game. He's gonna get bailed. He's gonna get. He's getting ready to get bailed out by Aaron Rodgers again. Aaron Rodgers gonna go in there and run his own system. And I mean, it's just it, it's laughable. A great experience, really. Any coach that gets fired before the end of the season, nothing about your time there is a great experience. Nothing. So, no, Nathen haggard is delusional.
2: All right, well, I guess I'll be taking a different route than uh, <laughs> J-Mac and uh, his tangent. Um, I mean, obviously, the experience was not great uh, in terms of, you know, wins and loss and stuff like that. I do think he kind of messed up in the beginning of the season when he hired uh, some of his staff and you know, just surrounding himself with a whole bunch of rookie coaches and stuff like that. His coaching staff wasn't really experienced. I don't think that helped him at all, especially hiring, you know, Butch Berry. And now he's office, uh offensive of line coach at Miami. Who knows what he's going to do there, but getting little uh, messages here and there that he used to post, you know, posted notes on the office online of my locker rooms and their lockers to see how they did and stuff like that. You know, I, I just don't think he surrounded himself with the people he should have uh, in his time in Denver. Isn't. I know people are not happy with his time in Denver. I, I still believe that he could be, you know, a good coach in the future, not now in the future mm-hmm. uh, before I get a, attacked uh by some Denver guys but uh yeah I mean again his time in Denver was not good he probably I know he learned a lot of things especially locker room stuff the stuff that happened with Dalton Reiser and the, and the backup uh, quarterback Brett uh, Ripon during that game as well so he had to learn a lot of things uh and again I wish nothing but best for him in the future but yeah I mean his experience was not good overall.
0: Yeah. And I had so much respect for what he was saying in the beginning of that statement saying, and then you got to win. That's what what it's all about. We can all agree with that on this, on the show and everybody, any logical fan would say the same thing if you're being a head coach. Um, but then, right. I, I just stopped right where he said, I think it was a great experience. J Mac said the same thing. I just think that's absolutely insane. Calling this a great experience. I see where you're trying to get at. I see. I said that in my article. I see where you're trying to get at, but you gotta be serious at some point. You you're you got fired. Just be honest. Be honest. You got fired by the Broncos. You're the OC for the New York Jets. You're and I mean, I'm I'm gonna keep it straight up honest, just like J Max said. You're gonna get bailed out by Aaron Rodgers just like you did in Green Bay. Like let's be honest. Let, let's be honest. Mike McFleur, Aaron Rodgers deserve a lot more credit than Hackett did in Green Bay. I still can't believe we made that higher, But um, calling it a great experience, I understand that he's trying to hint that like maybe there are things that he learned that will ultimately make him a better coach in the future. But at the, at the same time, calling it a great experience, I would have used some different wording saying that it was a great. You like you learned some. You learned some we good learned things that would make you better. You better. Yeah, I guess a great learning experience, like post everything, but like in the moment, what you were going through, what the players had to go through, what this fa- franchise, what this fan base had to go through, you call that a great experience. It, I, everybody said in the beginning of his tenure with the Broncos, he had a great way with words. Clearly he doesn't in, in, the, in this statement.
1: It's just honestly, man, it's just it's kind of laughable. But I guarantee you, but it's gonna be a team. Even after the Jazz is gonna hire him, and they're gonna they're gonna believe he's a great offensive mind. You know that Denver, what happened to Denver, just didn't matter. I guarantee somebody's I'll
0: be shocked. Gonna,
1: yeah, I mean it's just it's it's laughable, man. I mean a great experience. If that's a great experience, then I guess no coach can do any wrong at this point.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I, in the in the beginning of the season when we were going through our troubles, I think it was like five, seven games in, eight games in. I, you know, I was still going to bat from Nathaniel Hackett at times. I wasn't, I wasn't putting all the blame on him. I wasn't because everyone wanted to put a blame on someone. At the end of the day, our players did not play good as well. Um, even look at even looking at the film and the all twenty two, like there was guys running open. Sometimes they weren't being hit. Now other times where the play was was the play calling at was questionable at times, of course it was. So I wouldn't, you know, blame all of it on Haki, even though he was a major part of it. He was a major part of it and he got fired for a reason. But again, I do understand why people will hire him again and stuff like that. It's just, I, I agree. His time in Denver was not as expected, I guess, for the fans. And again, it's not all of it was on him. Sometimes some things were on the players as well, but. Man. Yeah, a- he
0: and I thought you brought up a really good point early on about the staff that he hired. It was like I don't really feel like he was meant to be a head coach just judging off the way he put his staff together. It's like in your first year as a head coach, you cannot be as young as you are and as the, la- the lack of play calling experience that you have in the NFL and you go and hire one of the most – experienced. I believe it, like by age and by experience, it was the least experienced staff by far in the NFL like easily top three, you know, if I'm uh, not mistaken. And, that just didn't make sense at all. In his first year being a head coach, you got to get the experience to at least build off of that and then maybe give yourself a chance at being a head coach again, um, you know, for that team. But uh, obviously going four and 11, he was destined to get fired, especially after that embarrassing Christmas showing. Um, I want to get your thoughts on him saying repeatedly throughout the show. um, I I watched the full thing from top to bottom. And he said like at least a million times when asked about, um, you know, his time with the Broncos and what happened afterward, he kept saying everything happens for a reason. Everything happens for a reason. And while that might be like his personal beliefs and, you know, a lot of people believe that, you know, things do happen for a reason. He kept like re, like after that, he kept following that up with him being reunited with Aaron Rodgers. And to me, that was really rubbing me the wrong way. The same thing when he called the, his tenure a great experience, he kept saying everything happens for a reason. And then talking about being reunited with Aaron Rodgers and how that's such a great thing. Like it's a fairy tale or like that him being fired was like a good thing that led to him being reunited with Rodgers like he thinks that this whole thing has brought him back to Aaron Rodgers where he belonged in the first place first place and I want to get your guys thoughts on this as well do you think that maybe he was trying to say that him and Rodgers should have been in Denver in the first place and that's where he kind of belonged all along
1: yeah I mean well if you go back and look at it he really got the job because George Payton was gunning for Aaron Rodgers and was trying to get him by all means and that's what kind of everybody thinks, you know, that we hired Hackett to get Aaron Rodgers. And then once that didn't happen, we just rolled with him anyway. We didn't think it was going to be this bad. But I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I get what he means by everything happens for a reason. But the end yeah. of the day, like, you kind of write your own story. So, I mean, yeah, everything happens for a reason. but That is true. That is but so like, true. But you still navigate your way to certain points. Hackett was a terrible coach. It's no you, 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 I mean you could praise Aaron Rodgers all you want to and say, I'm glad to be with him. I mean any coach would be glad to coach Aaron Rodgers. I mean yeah. You got to do work, but I mean I at mean, the end Aaron Rodgers is going to make audibles. He's going to he's going to be one throwing the ball and overriding your terrible play calling. By the end of the day I mean, I'm not surprised. I mean, he loves Aaron Rodgers. He got hired because he he got hired from the idea of a team getting Aaron Rodgers, which is the truth. I mean, I'm a. I mean, you know, it's it's what the Broncos did. That's what they did. They hired him thinking that they would get Aaron Rodgers, um, and now you look at him. He's right back with Aaron Rodgers. The Jets hired him to great to move the push to get Aaron Rodgers. So I mean, it's a, it's a bad look that you're that the last two jobs that you've had that they're all based off on somebody going to your team, going to that team. It's just not a it's not a good look. I, I don't really agree with what he said. I just felt like he's just he's full of it right now. Um he knows that they're gonna have a good season. So he's just saying whatever he can really.
2: Yeah, I I I would agree with that. I mean I know there was some reports at first when it came out saying oh the Nathaniel Hack is not hired because of Aaron Rodgers. I I mean I didn't believe that from the start. <laughs> uh I thought it was always um a, a pulling point for Aaron Rodgers even though it didn't happen. Um but yeah, I mean, I again, Nathaniel Hackett's is gonna have a good season with the Jets and Aaron Rodgers. Um, I mean, people are gonna dissect who, what success goes to who. Should it go mostly on Rodgers or should Hackett get a little bit? Of it? That's for their own good. But yeah, I mean, what he's saying right now, I mean, and what, what I mean, he has to say stuff optically good for PR wise and just to be yeah. good the public eye. So not surprising that he said it.
0: Yeah um and then the uh the next thing um he also like kind of addressed his critics a little bit in the show i don't know if you guys picked up on this he he said in the podcast um a little bit after he made that long quote he said um there's only so many things a coach can control regardless of what anybody likes to admit i want to go i want to i want to hear what you guys have to say about this because this is an interesting it's interesting statement but at the same time i feel like there's nothing Wrong that he says here, but at the same time, it feels like he's taking a little bit of a, a jab at uh Broncos fans a little bit.
1: Of course he is. I mean, he he thinks Bronco fans is the reason why that he got fired from his job. And I mean, what do you expect? I mean, like, what does that even mean? It's only so much the coach can do. You're the head coach, you oversee operations on a day-to-day basis from the players. I mean, I I, I don't get it. Like, like what was the point you're trying to prove here? You he's the one that sat there and said. No, Melvin Gordon is our starting running back. I mean, you, you're you're the guy that advocates. Like, I mean, you're the guy who makes these decisions. You make and decide who's gonna start, who's gonna not start. You're the guy who oversees, supposed to be getting the team ready. But we're leading the league in penalties. Like, I he just trying to save face, man. It's pisses me off like bro just just admit you were bad <laughs> just admit yeah. we failed expectations stop putting all these words out there it's only so much of can control that's but no no because sean payton isn't saying that it's only so much i can control no you control the day-to-day aspects of the team the roster you like penalties like i mean I, penalties on the players but you supposed to fix that in, before the season obviously last year we didn't work on that he didn't hold players accountable I mean, I can keep going on for the reasons he got fired and now he's going to talk about it's only so much he could have controlled, like whatever, man.
2: Yeah. And I, I'm a, I've said it before on this podcast, you know, uh, I, I listen to Michael Lombardi a lot and something like that, when Daniel Hackett says something like that, that's the biggest difference that we have going into the season is a coach saying that. And then someone like Sean Payne, is going to be completely different in that aspect. And as Lombardi would say, uh, you're, you're either coaching it or you're allowing it to happen. And, uh. But Nathaniel mm-hmm. Hockey, he was either coaching it or he's allowing it to happen. And it seems like
1: in this case he was allowing it to happen. So
0: yep. yeah, Any- he was way too lenient with stuff. Way too lenient with stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, anytime you have your players fighting on the sideline on, on a Christmas game, it's a problem.
0: Yeah, I, I want to talk about um him giving like more uh more like play out more like play calling duties and like more leverage to Aaron Rodgers in a little minute. But I just want to say on that whole situation, like I thought it was really interesting because that whole statement screams no accountability. He's showing no accountability for his failures in Denver. Honestly, throughout this whole podcast, it really felt like he didn't take any responsibility for what, 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 went wrong last year. And honestly felt like a lot of it was just being blamed on injuries, which to an extent is reasonable. But at the same time, the coaching was awful. The play calling was awful. The, the discipline was awful. Discipline was so bad. And you just, as a coach, you really did fail this team and you show no accountability in in standing up and showing that on this podcast and go ahead, you go have your rainbow fairy tale princess with Aaron time with Aaron Rodgers in, in New York, because uh week eight, or October 8th against you guys, it's going to be a hell of a game. I'm really excited for that matchup. Very highly anticipated matchup. And then we were talking a whole lot, like at the beginning of this podcast and when it was in the middle of the season, how we thought Aaron Rodgers, or excuse me, Nathaniel Hackett was showing like no... Accountability. He was showing, like, no – like, putting his, his foot down and showing some authority to this football team, it felt like. And that's exactly what uh, Aaron Rodgers did in Green Bay. You talk about Aaron Rodgers. You talk about Tom Brady. Those are, like, the quarterbacks of the our era where they've really, like, been – Hard on their players to make them and push them to be better, be more successful. Because at the end of the day, like you, you see this all the time, even in your family. Like a lot of people that have like dads and stuff, you know that they'll be hard on you to push you to be better, and that that's exactly what you see in head coaches nowadays. That's why a lot of players look up to their coaches as like second dads. And if they don't hack it, was more of like the yeah, give me a hug. I'm gonna let you do what you want. Kind of dad, like letting Russell Wilson do whatever he wants, giving him even giving him an office, letting him kind of just Marcus do whatever whatever he wants freely. And while he didn't do schematically what Russell Wilson was supposed to do, I just feel like the accountability is one of the worst we've ever seen of, out of a head coach of all time. Honestly,
1: yeah, I mean, and you like, I'm glad you brought up the injuries part of it and how he, you know, he tries to make it seem like the injuries or something. I mean, I just like our roster when we had the injuries. It, I mean, of course we're hurt, but I mean look at rosters like Tennessee. Like look at look at teams who are bad but have really good coaching. And you see teams like Tennessee are fighting. Teams like Detroit are fighting. You know what I'm saying? And their rosters, like Detroit roster, yeah, they were they had some players, but there it wasn't like a and you know what I'm saying? Like they shouldn't have been where they were. And a lot of it has to do with coaching. I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, yeah. we could be without Randy Gregory or Justin Simmons for a game, but it's on you to get the guys ready. It's on you to make sure that the guys are. Up to the, up to speed, the game plan, their discipline going into the game, and he just it wasn't there, man. I mean, you see on a week to week basis, guys walking around with their heads down. I mean, you just like it's like the offense knew, trying not on the field. We're not going to score this possession. We 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 might as well already already send in Corliss Wayman to punt this because we're not we're we're not going to get a first down. We're not going to move the ball. I mean, it's just like you said, man. Accountability is huge, and I feel like feel like you know he just he doesn't take accountability, and now he's definitely not because Darren Rodgers is there. But I'm, I'm gonna say this: if right now it's gonna be almost impossible for for him to fail. I mean, the the weapons they got in New York. I mean, he really doesn't have to do much. I mean, I'll be honest, he doesn't really have to do that much. You have Aaron Rodgers, Garrett Wilson, exactly, uh, Allen Lazard, McCole Hartman, all these guys, Brees Hall. I mean, and now they're
0: getting uh, rumors that Dalvin Cook might go out there. He's he's liking tweets and stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, the the, the talent is ridiculous. So, I mean, it, it with but like. What's gonna make me mad though is that when they start winning, they're gonna talk about Nathaniel Hackett's comeback. Like, like Hackett's do, really doing something over there. Like, it, it's that's gonna happen. I'm gonna call it by like week eight. Pete, it's gonna be a post by Br Gridiron. Man, looking at Nathaniel Hackett's comeback last year, averaged 11 points a game, four and 11. Now they're the Jets are 12 and three on some crap. Like, bro, stop. stop.
2: I, I think that was, uh, was a great point that you made though with Tennessee and how that roster was getting depleted every single year with injuries and stuff. And then Mike Grable keeps on finding ways to win games. I mean, that, that was something that, you know, Nathaniel Hack as a rookie head coach was not going to learn on the fly. And that's something that's going to be different this year, right? With Sean Payne, if, hey, if we're going to be depleted with injuries, we're still going to fight and we're still going to be in ball games hopefully because Sean Payne knows what it takes and how to win ballgames. And Nathaniel Hackett, at that mm-hmm. time being a rookie head coach, Just didn't know how to do it, and that's why coaches like Mike Vrabel and Mike uh, Tomlin—they're just so good at their jobs and what they do.
0: And this is exactly why the the move for Sean Payton comes into play. So is so instrumental for this franchise. One of the honestly, it's very early to say this, and we haven't seen him coach um, at all in a football game. But this could honestly go down as one of the best moves in this franchise's history. For being honest, like he could stay here for very well a long time. Um, and he just—he's going to be a very big authoritative figure for this franchise. Something Nathaniel Hackett was not at all—a much better leader, a much better offensive genius, one of the better play callers of all time. I mean, you look at his record and points per game all time; he's easily top twenty. Um, he just getting Sean Payton is such a monumental move for this franchise, and it's going to be—you guys are going to see right away that from Nathaniel Hackett to Sean Payton, there's going to be a massive difference. So you're going to see at least a plus three, four, even five game win. Just because of Sean Payton, just because of Sean Payton, not even including uh, Russell Wilson's comeback, just because of what Sean Payton brings, not only from a coaching standpoint, but just rubbing off of his his winning his winning mindset. And what that leadership is going to rub off on players all throughout the locker room. And it's going to create a positive environment. And you're not going to have, you know, locker rooms thinking, especially defenses. I know we heard rumors about this and I know it's damn true because we've had some players in this podcast where they've kind of brushed it off. But defenses knew They would be going out there and offenses would not be doing shit. Like, I mean, let's be honest. Like they would go out there and know that the offense is not putting up points. And it's very discouraging. Like when you're a defensive player and you're always out on the field, like people that are listening to this pod and you, you've you played defense before, it is very, very unencouraging if you're going out there and your offense is going three and out every single possession and you ha- you're right back on the field after a punt. Like it, it's, it's just unbelievable. And Sean Payton, from he's going to be not only a step up from Nathaniel Hackett, but it's going to be like you're taking two ladders and going up. And that's where Sean Payton's going to be
1: yeah i mean it's just like like me and you kind of said it you know like that like even like like as soon as we hired hackett the candidates and stuff like that and we just we were gunning for sean payton i agree i think that this i mean it's hiring i mean the biggest thing is it's going to change the culture and like the the culture was just sinking over the past few years and a lot of guys had i had to plan it elway from elway to hackett i mean it was just so many things that played into like hitting rock bottom like we did last season because I don't think the Broncos are gonna have a worse season than last. Last season was historically bad, Um, but yeah, I don't think we're gonna see that anymore. I feel like even if our offense isn't a top gunning offense, I feel like we're gonna be a way better team because I mean, we don't even need to score that many points. Like it was a point last year where, like I like I was saying, like we didn't even need to score that many points to win games, and I feel like this season we're gonna be way better than that. So. You're gonna see a whole different team, holding it's a whole new culture staff, different culture. But I'm glad we got owners, man, because before when like you know, God rest his soul, Pat Boland died, and it was really no set in stone owner owners that were just running the team. John Elway and them, I I have no idea what they were doing. They were just doing kind of whatever they wanted to, which is I, I don't know, man. But I'm glad we got Sean Payton there now.
2: Yeah, and I'll kind of relate it to and it was just a coincidence at this time, and I this past uh coaching cycle where we hired Sean Payne. I was reading the Great Honor Genius, the book that Michael Lombardi wrote. And obviously he talked a lot about Bill Parcells and uh, and the mentorship that he had. And uh, Sean Payne uh, was being talked in the book a lot as well. You know, Sean Payne learned from the great Bill Parcells too. And uh, when we hired Nathaniel Hackett, it was, he was just there to change the team. When we hired Sean Payne, he's going to not only change the team, but organizationally he's going to change it. Yep. And that's the biggest mm-hmm. difference. For me, reading that book and learning what he's going to bring to the table after all the things he's learned from Bill Parcells to emphasizing the details that Sean Payne has already mentioned various times in the in the pressers and stuff like that. It was actually kind of a, a coincidence that we hired Sean Payne and I was reading the book at the same time. Kind of brought me like a, like a good um, viewpoint of what's going to happen with the Broncos in this season.
0: I love that so much. And he, he's going to be such a huge figure. And he not only from a, just on the field, he's going to be up in the front office, you know, and we already see in the draft and free agency, like these are all Sean Payton moves, all the draft picks, Marvin Mims, um, Ben Powers, Mike Belenchi, those are all Sean Payton moves. So um, it, it's just crazy because if we didn't have Sean Payton, we would have definitely made a lot of different moves um, as opposed to what we've seen. And um, I'm really excited because if anybody's going to do it right, it's going to be Sean Payton and um, moving forward with him. It's just like I said, pfft, such a huge step above Hackett, very sigh of relief and Hackett. Good luck to you in the rest of your career, but uh, definitely don't (laughs) understand, definitely understand what you were saying in that podcast. Unbelievable. Um, But now uh, let's go over to our guy uh, RWT, Mr. Russell Wilson Mr. Unlimited himself uh, we got some uh, We got some news from uh, Omar, Ruzi, Omar Ruiz of NFL Network he reported the other day that apparently in a minicamp practice he complete uh, reported he completed 16 passes in a row during a practice he says uh, 15 of those first throws were right in the chest of the receivers on comeback routes also said Russell uh, was comp- consistently anticipating throws um, to where receivers were able to pick up additional yards after catch and score touchdowns. since so he was dropping dimes left and right, scoring touchdowns with the wide receivers. Um, he also added that rhythm timing and accuracy uh, wasn't of a, of essence and was very outstanding in mini camp. What do you guys take away from that? And um, I know it's just mini camp and some people are asking me if the defense is out there, like why would this be reported if the defense was not on the field and that happened? doesn't make sense. But anyways, this obviously against one of the better defenses in the NFL. And uh, while I do, I do expect that it was the first team, first team defense that he was going against. Um, what do you guys take from this and uh, how he can move forward uh, looking so sharp in uh mini camp and OTAs?
1: Um, I, I was really glad to hear it because I felt like a big problem with Russell Wilson's game last year was kind of thrown in the middle of the field and just looking at looking and taking the easy read. Um, mm-hmm. And I was, that, I was kind of surprised that that was an issue from him. Um, but I think, you know, now it seems like they're getting him into a rhythm. Like, go, just go through your reads. Because 16 straight passes means going through his reads, taking what the defense gives you. That doesn't mean he's airing out the deep ball, making 16 big throws in a row. It means he's l- making his reads right. And, I mean, that's it's good to hear. I mean, because it cost us some games last year, him not being able. I, I'll be honest, it us some games last year with him not being able to just take his reads, just calm down a little bit. Not everything has to be a yeah. big play. Not everything has to go straight to the sideline or a deep ball. You could just take what the defense give you right there in the middle of the field, and I, I, think this, I think this year is going to be a lot of that play action and dink and dunk. I don't think we're going to see – I mean, we're going to see, you know, big plays, but, like, it's not going to be like the Chiefs offense where you're going to get a 30-yard, thir- a 40-yard uh, gain every every possession. I think it's going to be, you know, a little, a little calmer play action, you know, kind of just get a rhythm on of the offense before just unleashing and taking the hat off. Exactly.
2: Yeah, and fans can take this either one or two ways. They cannot care at all. Or they can put some context into it uh, from last year. Because last year we heard a lot in the offseason that the defense was uh, playing really well against the offense. <laughs> and uh, now it seems like it's the opposite. It seems like Russell Wilson's actually doing pretty good. So fans can take it however they want. How I'm going to take it, I'm, I'm kind of just in the middle. I'm glad I'm hearing it. I'm not going to put too much into it, but I'm not going to take yeah. – I'm not going to just brush it off like it's nothing. So, yeah, you can put some context into it from last year and how that thing, and how that whole situation went. But, yeah, it, it's, it's good to hear. It's refreshing to hear.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm not going to get overly excited about it. I mean, we, you know, let alone we haven't even been in training camp yet. So we'll see how they look in that period. Um, and then obviously preseason, Sean Payton said uh, Russell Wilson will be in the starters, will be playing in preseason. And Mack, Mackie brought a really, up a really good point because there's a lot of hitch routes and comeback routes where receivers are sitting there blink wide open as day. And you had post routes, deep routes where Russell Wilson was forcing the ball with yeah. two safeties guarding those receivers. Um, and thankfully, sometimes Cortland Sun came down with those balls and, you know, kind of saved him at times. And really you had a Greg Dulcich or a Javante Williams, and we seen those famous pictures where they were just sitting there, this – Kind of waving their arms and it, it just not targeting them when really he needs to just sit down, take take a deep breath, kind of hit his his routes underneath and um, not trying to always force it downfield like Hackett was calling. You uh, know, I, mean, I wouldn't always blame that on Hackett, but um, necessarily I feel like there should have been more uh, you know reads being made there. So this is good news because apparently according to Omar Ruiz, uh, 15 of those 16 completions were all comeback routes, which is uh, pretty damn cool. It's like he almost mastered that in minicamp. So we'll see how that transitions in a training camp in preseason. But certainly really uh, positive things to go off of. Uh, he said the timing was really good, rhythm. That's just like – that's literally all the essentials and tools that you really need to see out of Russell Wilson right now in Sean Payne's offense. And obviously the intermediate game is going to be huge in his offense. That's what we always see the quarterback's target. That's the area of field um, that's most frequently targeted in Sean Payne's offense in New Orleans. So um, I assume that's going to be carried over to here in Denver and it already looks like it's being uh, you know perfected essentially by Russell Wilson.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's going to – like, the offense going to be kind of similar. I won't say, like, play style was. Like, a lot of shotgun like Payton used to run. But if you go back and watch the games, Payton did a lot of dinking and dunking too. Brady lived by the dinking dunk. And I feel like that's what Sean Payton's going to try to do with Russ. I mean, because at some point you 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 got to get a – an identity on offense and I I feel like during the first weeks of the season the Broncos are gonna have to find their identity I mean it's a new coach new whole coaching staff you don't know what we're I mean nobody knows what we're really gonna see with the team but I feel like they're gonna go out there and try to find just a new identity and I feel like that's the best way to do it just take what the defense gives you little by little piece by piece get get your guys going get Judy some targets Sutton some targets Patrick some targets and just keep it moving man
2: they're, they're not going to beat themselves. Yeah, I no. That's something we can uh, for sure uh, look forward to. And this team's not going to beat themselves, and Champagne, uh he's going to run to win the game. That, that's that's for sure. He might pass to get the lead, but he's for sure going to run to win the game. So yeah. something to look forward to.
0: Yeah. Um, so new news uh, this morning. Uh, as of uh, Tuesday morning, we got some news that uh, Broncos training camp dates have officially been released. We've been waiting quite a bit for those um, to be released, um, and thankfully it is uh, like a full month before, so people can actually plan and do their flights and you know plan ahead uh, so to do these uh, these events. So obviously we got some news that uh, this year it'll be uh, obviously the tickets are free, but they you do are you are required to uh, have tickets at entry um, on Ticketmaster um, at the time. Uh, when you enter for a uh, training camp so obviously open to the public there's only going to be 12 um open open practices um and then the media will obviously be close to us uh, some other ones but um some good news obviously all of them will be at 10 a.m mountain time um starting july 28th and recapping on august 17th before the broncos start the preseason games um but what do you guys uh what are you guys um thinking about training camp and um uh, Jordan, I know you are, you're planning on going to a training camp as well. So you want to tell the people a little bit about that and, um, and what, what are you kind of expecting heading into training camp? I guess I can ask.
2: So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm planning on going, uh, for the first time, uh, to training camp. Uh, hopefully I'll be there for the practices on August 8th and 9th. Um, uh, basically when I'm there, I'll just, uh, kind of not be reporting, but I'll kind of tweet out some things I see from practices and stuff like that as, uh, all the other fans will be there as well. Hopefully I get to see some of the predominantly orange guys there and some of you guys there too. Um, awesome. But yeah, uh, training camps, uh, I always love training camp. Uh, always like, uh, hearing the different stuff that's being, uh, you know, talked about and stuff like that being seen on the, on the field. I know last year that was like a big part, uh, like, especially the Cowboys uh, joint practice that they had, That was pretty, uh, pretty good to, to get and uh, report from, but yeah, I'm looking forward to training camp It'll be my uh, first time uh, at training camp, first time in Denver um so yeah i'm looking forward to it
1: yeah um yeah i'm gonna try to make it out there i don't know if i can it's close to when uh college starts back up and everything so i'm got i'm like my schedule for that is gonna be uh coming up real soon but i'm gonna try to make it out there man i really am because i do want to go to training camp i want to see these guys play
0: Yeah, that'd be absolutely fire. And I'm, I'm really, I'm leaning towards going. It's not like a a complete thing. Um, I, it's just a matter of like who, who I'm going to really be staying with over there. Um, and I'm not, obviously not going to speak, speak too much that i on the on the podcast but uh, we'll see how that goes um playing tickets are surprisingly really cheap right now so um that's definitely a plus right now so i'm really hoping i can go um if we do go make sure you guys are following all of us on twitter we'll be tweeting stuff about that um you know uh we'll obviously towards the end episode we'll give our socials and everything um but yeah we'll be tweet live tweeting all the like any news that we get um obviously it's public so we can't really you're not really uh you know, Champagne, you can't be holding us to a, a certain amount of tweets anymore. But, um, anyways, uh, so to cap off the episode, I want to do like a little new thing. We, uh, during the off season, it's really dry. There's not a lot of stuff to go off. Um, so, Jordan or J Mac, one of you guys, um, what we're going to try doing like a question of the day type deal. What's it like anything? It could literally be about, I don't care, hockey. It could be about freaking uh, whatever. <laughs> what what would be like a question of the day you have um, for all of us to kind of answer and cap off the episode and then obviously for the people watching you guys can let us know what you think in the comments
1: okay well I, I have one since so it can just be, be be about anything first thing that come to my mind um, question to all of you guys uh, if you know if, if you want to answer this make sure to leave it down in the comment section us uh, about the NBA do you guys think Wimby will be an all-star in his in this rookie season
0: hmm so other centers in the uh, in the Eastern Conference, remind me, just so I know he's he's kind of so in this competition. The West, let me see. Hold
1: on. So in the West, you have I'm gonna go to see who made all made the All Star team last year.
2: We for sure, got Jokic. You're gonna make yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It's gonna be Jokic. Um, so you got Kevin Durant, Sabonis, so but Kevin Durant got traded. So I mean, he was already gonna make it for either conference. Um, yeah, Luca, Paul George, Jaron Jackson. Zion. And yeah. So those are the front court for the rest.
0: Yeah. I, I could see him making it as a reserve, maybe. Maybe. I, I'm not buying like the, the LeBron James hype and stuff, though. I, I think it's absolute. And the Tim Duncan hype, dude. Have you seen that this dude looks like another yeah. version of Bull Bull? His, his body, don't get me wrong, his play is going to be better than bo by far, but his body literally looks like another Bull Bull.
1: Yeah. I, um, the, really, the whole thing, man, is just like, I think he he said it best. I gotta ask strength, not bulk. I think he does need to ask strength. Exactly. But I, yeah, but I I think he'll be just fine. I feel like pop pop's not gonna have him be a. I don't think he's gonna have him be like a point guard bringing the ball up the court. I don't think he's gonna have him like that. I think he's gonna he's gonna try to put him in the post game his rookie year and just make him get some easy points because you put him in the post game, nobody's gonna really be able to stop him.
2: I agree. I'm I'm a big Wemby fan. I can't wait to what he does uh, this season.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty simple. I I think he he'll probably make it to the All Star game. Um, don't think obviously he's not going to be a starter, but um, he, he's just one of those guys where, like you said, it's just very simple. I need to see him put on some strength to because you see all these guys, these dominant guys as position in history, like they have like the like that dog strength to get down in the paint and to find ways to score points late in the game. Like if Wemby's going to be that guy to be one of the next great Spurs history, which is a lot to live up to. He's got he's got to be one of those guys that obviously can really shoot anywhere on the court, and his three point his three point shooting is a little that's going to definitely need some cleaning up. Um, but yeah, he's definitely gonna he's definitely gonna need to find some more creative ways to uh, score points with a uh, lack of strength he has right now. So
2: and sticking to basketball, I want to give a quick shout out to my boy Jet. Jet Howard just got drafted to the Magic uh, with the 11th awesome. pick. We go back, uh, way back to we were little kids, back at uh, Miami City Ballers. So That's We got awesome. him and actually got Bronny on the side too. Uh, so shout out to uh Jet. Happy for him. Glad, glad to get to hear uh, from the, the night of and got to talk to uh, his brother Jason and Juwan a little bit. So I'm happy for him. Got to see him play down here in Florida. So yeah. I'll go up to Orlando watching games.
1: No, that's crazy.
0: I was just gonna say I'm not really familiar with the NBA draft, but I watched it the other day and it was really cool. Like, and I got to see like a lot of highlights and stuff. I obviously didn't watch a lot, but man, that top five looks super promising. Like, I don't think we've seen a top five this good in a while. Like Aman and Asar, holy shit, they're athletic yeah, freaks. They are insane. And the fact that they didn't even play in college and they they look that good it's it's kind of it's kind of insane like the the jump that they had being twin brothers back to back uh in the top five of an nba draft no college experience like uh, obviously they played in the overtime league and they they balled out went crazy they just like out of the draft those are like my fa- like scoot um and then amen and assar those are like my favorite guys and obviously julian straw they're an absolute dog i'm so glad we got him at all the way at 29 but um yeah those are like some of my favorite players in the draft
2: Shout out to the Twins. Shout out to the Twins. They yeah, also play no. here in South Florida. I never got to play against them, but always in the same tournaments and stuff like that. So shout out to them.
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, like, when you look at, like, them going four and five, it's kind of crazy. And then the Magic just kind of definitely destroyed their pick at six with Anthony Black. But but I'm glad you brought up Jed Howard, though, because I, I do like the Jed Howard pick. A lot of people kind of had him mid-first round, and I thought I thought he was really good to go exactly where he went. I, would, I, I wasn't surprised that he went that high. I was like, I mean, I'm not surprised. He's a... He'll bucket so. And plus, I mean, he's he's kind of what the Magic need a little bit. They need another a guard. And I the Magic are trying to just build the tallest lineup ever, I see. So I mean, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, shout out, yeah.
2: shout out all the South Florida boys that got drafted, the twins, even Taylor Hendricks. I played against him one time, but don't know much about him. But shout out to my boy, especially Jet. I'm proud of that guy.
0: Yeah south florida is just a place for sports man you always find you always find gems in south florida all right so that is going to be it for today's episode i hope you guys enjoyed um all the way from the nathaniel hackett stuff to russell wilson's perfect day at minicamp and then obviously us dishing off a little bit of thoughts on the nba draft and um victor Webanyama yama obviously if you guys enjoyed today's episode make sure you guys hit the like button and hit the subscribe button um if you guys enjoyed today's episode if you guys are listening over there on spotify and app Podcast as well make sure you guys uh hit the five uh, make sure you guys leave five-star rating hit the follow button um just any support is greatly appreciated obviously this late in the offseason kind of a dead period anything that we can kind of get and go over um we, we, we like to do that do that with you you guys and we're trying to get out a few more episodes obviously have a few more broncos players on before the season starts um so hope you guys enjoyed today's episode um i'm your host amir with my great co-host j mac and jordan until the next one peace, peace.